Welcome to Citizen. 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 Citizen Science. Citizen Science Show. Petros Katanis is an accomplished advertising photographer, cinematographer, and now director. He has worked in the rarefied world of advertising photography, TV commercials, promoting products and services. Recently, Petros has diversified into creating documentaries. His current project, My Unforgiving Mountain, is a film about multiple sclerosis. A slight sidestep from what we have focused on here at the Citizen Science Show, it is nonetheless a project highlighting the attempts of many to change the future for the better. Welcome, Petros. It's an honour to have you on the podcast today. Petros, can you please provide us with a backstory? How did you get to where you are today? Uh, thanks, Mark. I um, appreciate um, being given the opportunity to speak to your, your audience um, on this uh, subject matter. Um, the, my, my path to, to where I am right now um, has been um, sort of a meandering journey. I, I initially started uh, uh, my university studying um, biomedical engineering. So I've always had a passion for medical related um, field. Um, I then got into photography and production um, and then realized that working in pharmaceutical health, medical related um, advertising was my direction for, for my, my filmmaking and photography. Um, that's kind of how I fell into that aspect of it. It was, um, yeah, it was by chance really. <laughs> um, and not saying no to any opportunities that presented themselves um, and, and always having that sort of hunger and desire to tell stories and, and elaborate um, on other people's creative visions. Um, you know, putting a visual together um, is, is, is the real passion side of, of my scientific journey. Fantastic. It sounds like you've had your fair share of um, hard work, grit, determination. You've had to, I guess, in many ways, conquer your own mountains. What's kept you going? Uh, what's, what's kept me going? Um, <clears throat> I, I always wanted to leave my mark on society um, in a positive way. And having worked in advertising um, for the last 10 years, um, I, see, I see the good and the bad side of humanity on a day-to-day -day basis. And as a filmmaker, I'm sort of driven to, to focus on the good side of humanity. Um, so the drive behind what I do now is um, out, outside of the advertising world um, is to make some positive change um, in society. Um, I feel like doing projects like My Unforgiving Mountain um, uh, allows me to utilize my skills as a filmmaker, storyteller, um, for, for the betterment of, of society and, and, and people living with MS. The, the documentary world isn't necessarily a profitable world. Uh, do you still keep your fingers and toes in the advertising world to keep the, the money flowing, if you like? Um, I, I definitely um, generate all of my income from advertising. 
Um, documentaries for me is, is not about making money. It's about telling a story, um, creating positive um, social change, um, you know, the social impacts that, that, that come from, from doing projects like this. Um, that's the reward in itself to see how you can actually um, impact people um, living with MS or, or going through um, situations that need other people's assistance um, to overcome them. Um, so I, I don't, I definitely don't look at um, the filmmaking side of documentaries as a profitable one. It's uh, it's just all about, um, uh, it's all about solving problems for society really for me um, and, and, and utilizing my skills as a filmmaker to do this. So it sounds like it's very much a passion project then. How do you find, well, how do you get the time to actually devote to this project? And we'll talk about the details of the project shortly, but um, given yeah. you've got other financial obligations and commitments and, and other jobs in the advertising world. So it's it's a really big juggling act to, to um, come up with the time to, to work on uh, my documentary projects. Um, the, the main thing um, for documentaries is, first of all, having a, a story that's going to um, be able to unfold and, and tell itself um, for, for the viewer, but also being able to finance it um, through grants, donations, um, screen bodies, um, all these sorts of elements that you, know, you need to, to set a project like this up um, because there is no financial um, assistance from like corporate partners or corporate sponsors or people that you know are going to profit from the project so you've got to juggle your time between fundraising um, this is why we use um, documentary australia foundation they're a great platform for um, young filmmakers and older filmmakers filmmakers of all different demographics um, to have a platform that they can um, generate uh, tax deductible um, uh, donations from from foundations, individuals. Um, so they help with the financial side of things, um, and having a really generous team, people that I can call upon to work on the project, um, knowing that they'll be getting paid um, uh, as the grants come in. Um, but there is a lot of trust. Um, and, and working um, not for free, but um, sort of like time in lieu situation. So, you know, if I'm, I'm very fortunate that I've got um, uh, executive producer partner um, in this project um, in Rachel Coops, who is also going to be doing the voiceover. And um, she's very generous with the time and, and, um, and offering, um, you know, her, her creative services to the project and, you know, in the form of helping with script editing and um, just general PR to, to get the message out there to as many people as possible. So can you now tell us a bit about the documentary itself, the actual content or the, um, the topic itself, My Unforgiving Mountain, which sounds like a, it's a pretty impressive title and it conjures up a lot of interesting sort of images and um, but I, I'm really excited to hear what you've got to, uh, to share with us now about the actual topic. So um, 
initially uh, a couple of years ago um, I was approached by an ad agency um, with a, an idea um, to, to work on a, on a pharmaceutical project um, to do with MS and the the idea was basically to come up with a, a short film that we would enter into film festivals um, <clears throat> to, to generate um, you know global PR and um, basically we pitched it to the client and the client um, did, your bu did a budget analysis and and we're saying oh well, it's a bit too expensive we can't put this together so the project was basically canned um, I then walked away from that and I realized wait a second I've, I've got so many good connections from you know generating the treatments and and, and ideas behind this project um, why don't I approach MS Australia get them to partner on on a proper documentary um, about living with MS um, and the uh, the social impacts of, of living with MS and, and the, the stigma attached to, to living with MS. Um, so I approached them and, and they agreed to, to um, basically be a consulting partner on the project. Um, I, I then mentioned to them that I also have family um, that, that suffer with, with MS. Um, so it was a personal project for me to come up with um, a path to generating more support for MS research. Um, MS Australia was really um, happy to, to support me on this one, knowing that they weren't going to be a financial partner and I was going to have to generate the budget for this completely on my own. Um, but they, they did a lot of stuff in the way of vetting um, our subjects, making sure that um, all the research was, was um, done. Um, perfectly for, for all of the different subjects that we were going to be uh, using in the actual filming of, of the project. And um, the, the real goal behind um, my drive to do this documentary on my own through my production company um, was, was mainly to, to, to generate more financial support for MS Australia and um, MS Research Australia so that they could continue their um, ongoing research projects into finding treatments and, and cure um, to MS um, and also providing people living with MS uh, with sort of moral support, um, a platform for them to, to um, uh, basically develop uh, a bit more of a positive outlook um, on, on what they were going through and knowing that there was solidarity um, in a community of people that all had varying different levels and, and different symptoms associated with MS, um, but just knowing that they're not alone. And I think there's, that's a very important thing when you're uh, living with a, a disease that's invisible, um, to, to know that other people are also going through what you're going through and what, what their positive messages of empowerment and, and um, you know, pushing through hardship Ah, so, so that's kind of what what um sparked what sparked this project and what's sort of unfolding into um one one of the biggest um, MS documentary projects globally. I don't think there's ever been anything of this sort of scale uh, magnitude um, that isn't um, corporately sponsored by, say, a pharmaceutical company. So there's no hidden agenda here. We're, we're talking to real people. We're talking to um, unbiased individuals. 
um, and is a purely social impact driven documentary um, pushing pushing forward the message of um, pe people living with MS are not alone. Um, there is a part of there will be a positive outcome if research continues along the way that it is. Um, so yeah, that's mm. that's sort of the context of, of of what this project's all about. Okay, um, that's um, enlightening. Um, for the sake of or for, for clarity, can you tell us what MS actually is? It's something I've heard quite a lot about. Occasionally, I come across people in my life who um, know someone or actually have it, but I'm not clear on the actual disease itself. Can you give us a bit of a, a backstory on the um, MS disease? Like, like most people um, in the world, I, I had not a lot of idea on what MS was most of my life until um, my, my sister got MS 10 years ago. Um, then I started to research it and, and find out a little bit more. And it wasn't, wasn't eight, it was probably about eight years before I got pulled into this project um, and then started thinking about it a lot more. So M MS is a, it's an autoimmune disease. Um, very little is known about the causes, but there are four um, primary um, uh, risk factors that, that sort of precipitate it. Um, it's the immune system um, malfunctioning, genetics, um, environmental considerations, and also exposure to certain um, infections and diseases. So they're the sorts of things that scientists have, have noticed um, can trigger MS. Uh, it can go undiagnosed for, for um, you know, decades. Um, but ultimately, it's your immune system fighting um, uh, your central nervous system, thinking that there's some sort of a foreign body in there and then attacking it. Um, it's it's also sadly it, it's a it's a disease that that um, mainly affects women and women in their prime, women that have um, spent most of their lives being fit and healthy individuals, and you know the go getters. They get taken out by MS very frequently. Um, not a lot of guys have it. It's also a Caucasian disease. Not a lot of Asian people have MS. Um, so that leads us to, to sort of start thinking about environmental components and genetics. Um, so yeah, the, the, the whole idea behind the documentary is really to uh, teach people um, as much as we can um, put into the program about MS, to teach them what it's like living with MS and what, what it really is. Because um, not a lot is actually known by your regular person on the street. They don't know much about MS other than when they were kids, they used to do MS readathon or, or they, mm. they, they, they did fundraising projects and not knowing what it actually was. It affects uh, 25,000 people roughly in Australia. And that has a, a sort of a, an effect for, for, for around five times that amount of people um, where it comes to carers and family members and people that know people who have MS. Um, <clears throat> so you're sort of looking at like 150,000 people, 200,000 people affected by MS from that 25,000 that actually have it in Australia. 
Um, globally, it's close to 3 million people are diagnosed with MS. And since 2014, I think it's, um, it's sort of spiking. There's something going on. Maybe it's just more people are being diagnosed with it because the technology and the science is getting better. So they're finding um, uh, things that indicate uh, what people actually have in their diagnosis. Um, but it's sort of spiking. So it's really concerning um, for those living with MS and also people who think that they might have MS. What, what are the symptoms of MS and, and what happens as you age? And actually, when does it first appear as well? Because I find uh, people that I've encountered generally are um, a, a little older than, you know, they're, they're not teenagers, they're actually adults or young adults. So, so the thing with MS is no symptoms are the exact same in each individual. Um, they, they presenting symptoms are different with people. Severity of symptoms are different. Um, the, the effects of the symptoms are different as well. That's the problem when, when you're trying to put your finger on, oh, does this person have MS? How long have they had it for? What caused MS? Um, we have subjects in this documentary that, that are adolescent sufferers of MS, um, older people who have, who have had problematic symptoms for, for the last 20 years and not known that it was MS. Mm. Um, and, and that's what makes it really hard as a medical professional to, to um, actually pinpoint how to treat it, how to um, uh, take care of patients who, who, who actually have it because um, there's no one single treatment that works for everyone. There's a lot of different types of MS as well. Um, you know, that's the other thing where, where you, your MS might lay five years ago, it may have progressed into something um, a little bit more advanced um, to then the worser case, fully debilitating wheelchair um, scenario. Um, so it's, it's very different for different people and not a lot is, is known. And that's why we need more support um, when it comes to research. Uh, governments do not fund MS research. They, they're more wow. focused on cardiovascular diseases yeah. and cancers and things that affect a larger portion of the population. The problem is this is all-consuming debilitative disease that costs taxpayers a lot of money when it comes to the aftercare uh, for people that have advanced uh, aggressive MS. So I think governments need to start looking at it as a bigger picture. It falls under the umbrella of a lot of um, autoimmune diseases. Um, a lot of similar treatments are being used across the board. So, you know, we can factor in all of these sorts of treatment plans that'll affect other autoimmune diseases as well. So a distribution of of research money could be better used um, if there were just a few more studies that were funded. So as, I mean, is there a way to diagnostically actually test for MS? Can you get a test done and it tells you immediately you've got MS or is it a lot more subtle than that? The, the subtlety of, of um, how to diagnose MS is, is, is problematic. Um, there are different tests that you can use, like 
having a look at um, brain scans, looking for lesions, um, uh, you know, detecting demyelination of, of um, the peripheral and central nervous system. Um, you know, the, there's so many different things that doctors use to ascertain whether or not a person is living with MS um, or they have some other sort of autoimmune disease, but there's so much crossover. So some, some uh, doctors will look at presenting symptoms. One of the major presenting symptoms is having um, gray, graying of vision because um, it affects the optic nerve. Now, okay. perf perfect example, um, a lot of people living with MS, they, they present themselves with that particular symptom, graying of vision, um, but then others get it later on after they've had numbness in their hands or, or paralysis in their legs, um, spasming um, of, of their hands and feet, um, weakness, shortness of breath, um, sexual dysfunction. Um, uh, the list goes on. There are so many different symptoms that, that lead to a positive diagnosis of MS, but never a 100% conclusive one. And that's the issue. That's the issue at hand. And it also, sorry, Petros. I was going. I was going to say they can't diagnose it, diagnose it early enough. Okay. And and it also shortens lifespan. Is that correct? It it used to, but now because of the treatments that are available, um, uh, longevity. People living with MS, you can live a long life. Um, it just means you're going to be dependent on the treatments and the pharmaceuticals and, and, and um, that's sort of, that sort of leads to a lot of other health issues. Um, not all treatments have positive outcomes. A lot of them, especially experimental ones lead to worser effects of MS. We have subjects in our documentary that started off using particular treatments thinking that, oh yes, I'm starting to feel a lot better. And then they went three times in the other direction for how they were affected, um, which then, you know, obviously set them back um, to a worse condition that they were in when they were just coping with the symptoms initially. It's tough. It's a tough, tough road for somebody living with MS to, to work out what is a viable treatment option, what is a viable lifestyle choice to to um follow because there isn't enough conclusive evidence and information out there there's no one size fits all everybody is different everybody reacts to each element of treatment differently that's why it's such a difficult um unforgiving disease to to really uh, uh try and work out a, a positive outcome on Okay. In terms of the research, is there a lot of research in the area of MS that's perhaps undertaken by government agencies or is it mainly pharmaceutical companies? Who's doing all the research and how much research or how much money is devoted to um, trying to solve the problem of MS? Australia sort of leads the world in MS research when it comes to universities taking on um, funded research programs for MS. Um, there's a number of global um, research bodies 
um, that focus on um, autoimmune diseases and specialize in MS. Unfortunately, governments don't finance a lot of these. So basically researchers need to find money from, from other avenues. A lot of the time it's pharmaceutical companies. Now, pharmaceutical companies, you can love them or you can hate them. They, they, they have their, they have, they have their, um, uh, they have their, their place in, in, in the world for a reason. And it's not, not just to come up with cures. It's also to just look at treatments and, and, um, and, and ways to alleviate um, the symptoms. So pharmaceutical companies that, that are heavily invested in MS research, there isn't enough profitability <clears throat> and there aren't enough people you know, living with MS for it to be a huge focus for the pharmaceutical companies either. So we also fall short when it comes to pharmaceutical funding um, research efforts um, towards MS. Um, because it's an economics um, situation there as well. So, yeah, it's it's hard to find money for research. It's hard to find money to fund documentary projects to do with MS. Um, not enough is known. And I feel like if there, there isn't more money put into this field, we never will come up with the answers. So what are the latest developments, medical developments? I mean, have there been any sort of dramatic changes in terms of finding a cure or is it just plodding along very slowly and we're just basically trying to provide um, MS sufferers with some relief? The, the main agenda for pharmaceutical companies and for researchers um, to do with MS is all about coming up with treatment plans um, therapies that will alleviate the symptoms. A cure is, is not, not in the short term a possibility at the moment, um, but with further research, that may change. So at the moment, there's a lot of stuff to do with stem cell research mm. and stem cell therapies. And although really expensive to actually um, utilize these particular therapies as a patient, um, they're very successful. The outcomes are, are really positive. Um, it's just not affordable for everybody at the moment. Um, and for that to change, governments would have to invest money. Um, pharmaceutical companies would have to invest more money. Profitability would have to be set aside so that people could then gain the benefits of these um, stem cell therapies and, and live um, more peaceful, enjoyable existences. Um, but again, it's the, the thing holding that back is, is the financial aspect, the economics aspect. Um, Do you know what the costs would be for a, a, um, a family, for example, who've got a single MS sufferer uh, in terms of treatments? What, what would their yearly costs be in terms of treatments? There's a lot of things that, that um, you've got to factor in um, to answer that question. Um, a lot of people who are living with MS um, are classified um, under NDIS as um, uh, unable to work 
So they then get disability benefits, which then allows them to have subsidized MS treatment. Um, in Australia, we're very fortunate um, in the fact that we do have these services available to people. Um, in America, that's not the case. So if you're, if you're a family in America that has a child or, or you know, uh, you're a young woman in America who's got um, MS, you will be literally set back tens of thousands of dollars a year for treatments. Wow. Um, you would not be able to afford the treatments. That's why a lot of people in, in America and other places in the world don't get treatment and they get worse. And um, we're very fortunate in Australia where there is some level of support for people. Um, it's very expensive. If you want to get stem cell therapies, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars anywhere in the world. Yeah. There's trial, trial programs that allow people to get on the guinea pig list and, 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 and see if they can um, help the research out. They don't have to pay anything for that, but it's risky. Sometimes there's adverse um, side effects. Um, but yeah, it's very expensive. And unlike other diseases where there's um, pr pretty affordable um, treatments, MS is not one of those. Yeah, it would be um, very debilitating, at least in Australia. We do have a medical system that provides us with um, a bit of a safety net there, and it must be very hard for in countries where they don't have that safety net. Petros, I want to jump back to the documentary. Can you tell us perhaps a, a bit of a logline or a synopsis? What is the nature of your documentary? How are you going to document this story? So. Um... My Unforgiving Mountain, uh, it's, it's a metaphorical title. It's, it's all about the unforgiving nature of this invisible disease, um, MS. Uh, what we're trying to undertake in, the, in this film project, in this documentary, is to show the viewer what it is like, unbiased, to live with MS. Um, pointing out the stigma attached to, to living with MS and what society perceives people living with MS um, actually is. We're, we're looking at a lot of the, the subjects as um, examples of different varying levels of severity um, of the disease. And we're showing their day-to-day -day lives and giving um, the viewer an opportunity to to live side by side with them, um, it's 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 a it's a situation where, as a, as a filmmaker, each subject will melt into the next subject as a uniform um, sort of depiction of what MS is is actually like. Um, so that's that's basically the synopsis and the and the and the outline of what we're putting together. So you have a number of people, individuals that you're following and um, on a day-to-day -day basis, seeing how they cope, if you like, and um, move through their, their daily routines. Is that the general sort of synopsis? And, and perhaps would you be also looking at the researchers? What, what, um, how do you plan to actually get into the nitty-gritty of creating an interesting storyline? 
the, the execution side of things is, is initially it's following um, a number of subjects um, living with MS on their day-to-day -day struggles and, um, and documenting that as well as having um, a level of interview um, from them to then form the basis of an overriding script that will be done by Rachel Coops as a voiceover artist. She's also our executive producer. Um, and that will unify the narrative of a person living with MS and create a dialogue with the audience um, for them to be able to start uncovering um, aspects of the disease that they had no idea about. Um, without probing too um, intrinsically into individuals, we look at the whole um, as a group of people suffering from different varying levels of MS um, and then link them with some real key visuals um, that, that will explain particular symptoms and particular um, uh, dysfunctions uh, that each subject may experience. And in terms of the research, how, how is Rachel undertaking the research? Is she contacting the various organisations associated with MS and um, talking to them or the researchers? How is the research actually being undertaken as uh, at Citizen Science, we're very interested in, in the research elements of um, any kind of uh, project or documentary in this case. So the research side of things for um, My Forgiving Mountain is all being conducted by MS Australia and MS Research Australia. They're vetting all of our subjects that are going to be involved in the, in the film. Um, they'll be double checking um, relevance and, and also um, fact checking. Um, any claims that we make in the documentary have been checked by the governing body um, of, of uh, MS Australia. So on a legal side of things, we're not stepping into anything controversial. It's, um, it's all been taken care of on that, on that side of the, the documentary. Um, they have uh, researchers and scientists, medical professionals, that they regularly um, create content with um, and we'll be tapping into that resource um, for the film to create and paint a picture that um, is sort of reflective of the narrative that MS Australia has been um, forging for, for a number of decades um, into uh, creating an atmosphere of positivity and hope um, for people living with MS. There is a, a, a silver lining to, to every um, disorder um, and, and they're, they're all about empowering people who are living with MS, giving them hope. Um, and the message that is being driven home is MS research is the answer to finding a cure um, and kissing MS goodbye forever. Have you, in your research, come across any controversial sham snake oil type of um, possible cures that have been touted out there by various organisations, companies, individuals? Our documentary is completely based on scientific fact. Um, it's it's a prerogative of MS Australia to not 
follow um, any witch doctors or or um, uh, holistic medicine approaches to, to solving um, uh, the issues to do with MS, only science-based, uh, medically-driven, uh, research-focused um, approaches are acceptable within that organisation and also within the film. Um, we, we, we look at um, uh, lifestyle choices, most definitely, and that's for, for the individual subjects in the documentary. They have different lifestyles that uh, will help alleviate um, some of the strain of, of the symptoms. Some also take medication. Some also follow therapies that, that have been prescribed to them by medical professionals. Um, all the controversial um, elements to do with MS from, you know, particular dieting strategies and, you know, eating um, snakes brains and all that sort of thing. Um, we do not want to focus on any of that stuff. It might have positive outcomes for some people, um, but a lot of the time we've found in, in, in things like this, it's um, a bit of a, a fraudulent um, sort of uh, exercise. I'm, I'm part of a lot of groups um, online, people living with MS and every second post, there's somebody trying to sell Dr. Yamaguchi's um, ointment for, or a elixir for life and they're just spamming the groups and making a mockery of people who are trying to, to enter these groups. And, and um, it's a, like an outreach platform when they're looking for support of other people living with MS. There's so many predators out there that are um, trying to exploit these individuals. Um, and that's the sad reality of, of people living with MS. It's a, a young woman's disease and they're preyed upon by um, the, these people who are trying to sell them a cure. Um, and we, we really dispel and, and, and move away from that side of the discussion. Um, we're only looking at hopeful uh, messages and, and messages that, that are based, based on science. Yeah, I can imagine where people, if you like, are at various levels of desperation. They cling or reach out for any possible holistic, alternative, natural type of um, medication or treatment. And um, I could imagine that many, many would, at least for a while, quite possibly, you know, fall prey or victim to those kind of um, snake oil sales people uh, trying to sell them something that uh, actually has perhaps a placebo effect, but doesn't actually have any real physical um, beneficial effect on the person and their, um, ho hopefully the cure for their disease. 100%. And a lot of the times those situations lead to worse symptoms um, and, and more harm than good. Um, and also psychological damage as well from having been duped by somebody um, trying to sell you a, a false cure. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah it, it's, it's a tricky situation to be in when, when, and I imagine it's not only just MS, there must be, a, well, there are a lot of other um, diseases which are sort of not that easily treated, but ripe for that kind of um, alternative exploitation. In terms of the, the film itself, how do you intend, is 100% or 90% or 50% of the funding coming from 
one organization uh, because i imagine you, you you'll have quite a crew that will be involved or there'll be a number of um camera operators lighting operators etc audio operators i mean that's not cheap and whereabouts is the the primary source of funding or is are there a number of organizations yeah it's a it's an expensive project to do it properly and do it justice um we have three different rounds of funding that we need to keep up to date with um the initial one is is the pre-production um phase um then the production and, and post-production phase and then the the final impact campaign phase um to then basically ascertain whether or not the project's been a success in creating a platform for more funding for, for the ms organization um we're, we're fortunate to have some some great um grant supporters um and also um funding from from different bodies that that are not commercially um, attached to the project um, but that comes in dribs and drabs it all gets funneled um, into our accounts over at um, documentary australia foundation um, and then they then distribute it back to the production at different phases um, so that we can fund all the different components of, of the project um, there is a lot of crew involved there's a lot of filmmakers involved um, script editors writers um, editors colorists um, you know composers uh, vo artists and and, and location fees um, and that's why we've we've looked at it as a three-year project to to knock off all of our different financial targets we're currently in year one of the project which gets us to um, initial filming stage uh, pre-production is all done um, but initial filming stage, um, as well as creating the script and doing the VO, then we move into phase two, which is funding um, our post-production, um, editing, um, coming up with a cinematic score um, and putting together the project. Then we have to distribute, screen it um, and, and focus on the analytics to do with um, the impact campaign, um, making sure that lots and lots of people around the world get to see the project um, and then tracking um, their interaction with the platforms, whether it be the website or the social media um, accounts. Um, uh, and then we see whether or not we've hit our target, which ultimately is to double um, what uh, MS Australia um, generates every year so they generate around five million dollars a year in funding for their projects we hope to um, help them achieve another five million dollars every year for the next three to four years um, from uh, off, the, off the back of this film actually coming out so one of the primary goals will be to obviously improve the awareness and understanding of ms within the community and around the world um, but also to increase funding for MS, at least here in Australia, and I'm sure it will also affect funding um, overseas as well. It's really encouraging to see the power of a documentary. Um, it does have potentially the ability to change the world for the better. And 
I mean, in some ways, you're not in any way trained as a researcher, but you're, if you like, a, a person who is a citizen in 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 one respect, who is trying to change the world for the better. So, Petros, I thank you for um, spending this time with us tonight. It's been a fascinating insight for for me and for the uh, for the audience, I'm sure, into uh, the world of MS, uh, understanding the nature of the disease more clearly, but also um, understanding and appreciating the effect that people like yourself have on um, these causes, which all, there are many causes crying out for attention, but it does require citizens like yourself and um, for us here at Citizen Science to bring attention to some of these issues and to work out and help bring about uh, some kind of uh, solution to the problem. So Petros, thank you again. Look forward to seeing the documentary in about three years time, maybe 2025 thereabouts. And um, also wish you the best for your sister, who I know you mentioned earlier has MS and I hope that uh, this will help her also in some way and give her hope and encouragement. So thank you again, Petros. Thanks, Mark. And I, and I really believe that if you've got some skills that can better humanity, you just got to get out there and do it. Um, otherwise, you're just wasting your time. <laughs> We're on this world, you know, just for a short period of time, we might as well do something positive and uh, help others. So thank you again, Petros. I appreciate you spending this time with us tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. You've been listening to Citizen. 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 Citizen Science. Citizen Science Show.